Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and Etienne. Etienne, welcome to the show. Great. Thank you, Lyle. So nice to be here. I think it's my third time here and I'm glad that you've invited me back. It's, it's, it's been way too long. We should have had you back sooner than this. Yeah. Oh, great. Look, it was a lovely drive in this morning. I saw the sunrise. I guess you get to see that most mornings. Do you? <laughs> yes, I do. I do indeed. And uh, of course, we're super excited to be back on air because we have been off air for a few days. Uh, uh, just to fill you all in, our mixer blew up. Whoa. Storm came through, blew up the mixer, and we took the opportunity to rebuild the whole system because it's kind of been held together with uh, sticky tape and cable ties allegorically speaking, to uh, keep it going for the last six months or so. Well, I have to say you guys are very resourceful. Not that you have a lot of resources, but what you <laughs> do with what you have is fantastic. What are you thankful for this morning, Etienne? Look, I am uh, grateful for a lot of things. First of all, the opportunities to come in and, and work here with you, Lyle, because quite often I've got to drive to the office. Now, where I work at Voice of the Martyrs, it's a good little track. It's about 170 kilometers. Oh, right? that's quite the And uh, that takes me, depending on the traffic, uh, up to two and a half hours. Now, uh, during the school holidays, of course, I can cut about 20 minutes off that uh, journey typically. But uh, I, I love the fact that I could come here this morning after I listen to you quite often on the radio while I'm driving. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, it's good to have you here in the studio, and I'm super thankful that after all of these issues, we are back on air again. This is a reminder, you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. tears away and I felt the pain of heartbreak and I've seen the brighter days and I've prayed prayers to heaven from my lowest place and I have held your blessings God you give and take away no matter what I have your grace is enough and no matter what
Welcome back, everybody. That was Doran Wells with Hills and Valleys here on Faith FM. We have uh, Etienne joining us in the studio for the day, special guest co-host. I'm super excited to have Etienne here. But uh, Etienne, as we get into the show this morning, it is time for the first clue for our quiz. And we're going to go with this one right here. What number am I? What's uh, What's the first clue that you've got right there? Okay. It says the chapter in 2 Chronicles that records the story of Hezekiah celebrating the Passover as it hadn't been celebrated since the days of Solomon. Okay. That's a what number am I quiz. Okay. So we're looking at the chapter in Second Chronicles. <laughs> Second Chronicles. Oh my goodness, that's an obscure clue. It is. I really have no idea what chapter that is. Okay. Well, look, we'll have to uh, keep on working through this because there'll be some more clues coming. But it will need you to uh, go through the whole book of Second Chronicles to figure this one out if you don't know Second Chronicles too well already. Okay, guys, so if you're on the road, please remember to pull over to the side of the road if you're driving before you start looking up in the Bible. But if you've got a passenger. Get them doing some Bible research for you. Our number is 1-800-324-843 or you can text us on 0491-064-669. If you know the answer, there will be a prize coming your way if you call us right now with the answer. Let's see if anyone can get that quiz on that obscure clue right Look, there. I'm, I'm glad it's going to get easier because that's quite a tough yeah, one. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's like, really? Seriously? I preached on this two weeks ago and I have no idea what the answer to that one is. I kind of feel like I should, but anyway, I don't. Uh, Etienne, what's happening in the uh, in the area of positively different news today? Okay, well, I think there's some great positive news. Um, any of you who actually have aspired to uh, politics, politics, or you've even thought that you might be of royal descent, there's a job going at the uh, at Buckingham Palace. I understand. So, <laughs> yes, and there are some people who are in the job market. Maybe, uh, maybe we could maybe um, we connect them. I'm not sure if the royal family actually dot people in to give them a job. I don't think that quite happens. But I think you're going to be born there. I think it's thing that uh, is related to your birth, your royal lineage. But, you know, as everybody heard, and even in the news this morning, uh, Prince just Harry... It just refuses to go out of the news, doesn't it? It's still there. It seems like the world's fascinated by this, aren't they? Uh-huh. Well, you can know if you know the history really well and why some of these decisions have been made. But Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, of course, are no longer going to be using the title uh, Your Royal Highness. They've, uh, they've dropped that. And I understand also the place that they live 
uh, in and which are just renovated in England for the tune of two and a half million pounds, they're going to pay all that money back. Now, why would you give so much money back when someone else was paying for it before? Well, it sounds like they got a little bit tired of all the scrutiny that they were Absolutely. being placed under. But I think there's some positives that have come out of that. But just to give you a little bit of a background now, so Prince Harry and, and his wife Meghan will no longer use the titles of Royal Highness or receive any public funds under a new deal that they've struck with Buckingham Palace. So they've obviously spoken to the Queen about this at length, and they've come up with a with a new agreement. Now, this, the details of the split have been given as follows, that Harry and Meghan will still be the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. So they still retain those titles, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the couple will no longer be using the titles of Royal Highness, but uh, they're not being stripped of them. So they actually still have that title. They're just choosing not to use they're it. They're choosing not to use they're it. They're choosing to, to, to use their names like uh, Meghan and Harry or... Um, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Windsor or whatever they want to go by. Yeah, that's right. Like, yeah. like, like the average person. Yeah, and I think that's quite a good thing, actually. You know, imagine uh, if, if um, Megan got back into her old career and then you have in the subscripts Her Royal Highness, you know, such and such, acting for such, <laughs> such a part. I'm not sure the, the palace would be too happy about that representation. So I think there's a smart, you know, there's been some smarts that have gone into this from both sides. Now, Harry will remain a prince. He's sixth in line to the throne, so uh, that will not be taken away from him. Uh, but they will no longer be funded by taxpayers' money and will pay for that Frogmore Cottage. Now, that's about, what, 2.7, no, sorry, 4.7, $4.8 million if you convert it. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair chunk. That's a lot of money. So they must have a little bit of their own money as well, right? Well, I'd say that Megan's got a fair chunk. Yeah. Well, she's, she's, she's done well for herself. She has, yeah. She's a millionaire in her own right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. And then they also will no longer formally represent the Queen. So all that work that they've done, you know, that the work that Harry was actually born into, they will no longer be part of that. I understand there's a, there's a clear split and they're going to go and live their own lives now and, and find their own fortune. Okay, so I've, got, I've just got to say this. I've just yeah. got to say this because um, there's been a lot of flack fl- thrown at this couple. Yeah. Um, Harry in particular is my hero on making this decision right here. And I think there are a whole bunch of reasons why this is a fantastic decision and I totally support his decision to make this decision. Now, Megan, of course, I don't you know have uh, as much background as to... Um, to, to her role in it, but uh, particularly for Harry, you know, this is his family, this is what he's born into, mm. this is his heritage, etc. And so, it'd be incredibly uh, difficult, challenging decision for him. But I totally support the guy. Yeah, so do I. Look, if if you were born into scrutiny, I, I guess you'd so you'd be used to um, dealing with that. You'd probably be a little bit thick-skinned in regards to that because the paparazzi are ruthless, aren't they? Absolutely. And, and most of the news that you get in the tabloids and in the magazines, I mean, a lot of that's fake news. They, they take a little, bit, a little bit of information and they build the whole story around it, and most of that's not true. But people spend money and they lap it up, and, of course, that drives the whole, the whole mechanism behind this fake news that uh, these poor guys are put under. And then they scrutinize everything and they interpret everything and they put sinister motives and everything behind it. It would be a difficult life. I cannot believe that the media is attacking Harry and Megan for making a decision that they drove them to make. Look, I, I agree. You know, it's it's a hundred percent their fault why they why Harry and Megan have made this decision, and sure, they, they you know they're making as much mileage out of this as they possibly can while they can because you know in a year's time or so these guys have got out gone out they've got their own jobs they're making their own way in life and they're going to be more or less forgotten. Remember, remember our King, uh, which one was the King that married the American? Um, um, actress yeah. and abdicated the throne in favour of marrying this particular woman, and he sort of you know disappeared into obscurity. 
um, which is what's going to happen with these guys. And the media are the ones who are going to miss out and they're screaming about it, but they are the ones who created this. Well, consider so I have the zero, zero that, sympathy for them, even though I work in media. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And you consider the background of Harry, he lost his mum all because of the paparazzi and then yes. chasing them and that, you know. That must and be see, a, this is sorry, I butted in. No, no, it's all right. That must be a terrible thing that's still sitting in the back of the mind, knowing what happened to his own mum with the paparazzi, and perhaps looking at protecting his own family and his own wife, who's not used to this level of scrutiny, and all the foolishness that are being put it out put out there by her, which most of it's not true. And this is this is where Harry, in many ways, is uh, is my hero in making this decision. I mean, you know, I don't know the guy from from Bar of Soap in other areas, but I think this is you know he lost his mother at the same age that I lost my mother, and wow. he has made a decision for his family to save his wife from going through what you know the experience that killed his mother. Mm. Yeah, and I totally support him for that. He's also making a decision to fight for his marriage because. Uh, it was what drove his parents apart. Um, and he's like, no, I'm not going to have this drive us apart. There are things that are more valuable in the world than being a prince. And having a wife and having a family and having a, a loving home is of more value than being a prince. So he's like, well, forget being a prince. I'm going to put my family first. Yeah. Just, I, I can't give the guy enough credit for it. Look, that is a tough decision he's made. Even in the interview that he gave subsequent to that, and he spoke about it, he said there were some regrets, but he felt that this was the best option out of all of them. I think he would have liked to have continued yes. with his responsibilities, but for the sake of his family... And the woman he loves. And the woman he loves, he had to make this very tough decision. And yeah. I think it's been a good outcome. I think. See, this is, this is where he is a role model, because he has been a role model in making tough decisions... Uh, where you put your family first. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I'm pleased that they do have a little bit of resources to fall back on because obviously they live quite a different life to the average Joe Blow. <laughs> That's an understatement. are <laughs> in Australia. But he has apparently inherited some money, about £7 million from his late mother now, while he was working in the army as a pilot, a helicopter pilot, I think he was getting paid about fifty thousand pounds. So that's almost a hundred thousand dollars. Not that that's a lot when you've got to pay two and a half million in pounds back for a renovation of your property. But they're going to now live between um, Canada and also England, so back and forth between the two. Um, the renovations are said they're going to be paid back. They are no longer being involved in um, royal engagements. And now the other issue they've been talking about is security. Who's going to look after the security? Because obviously they're famous people and there are some crazy people around who would like to take people out and you know do all kinds of nasty things, quite often motivated by greed or just uh, foolishness. So there's now talk between what's happening. But in the meantime, Scotland Yard will be involved and then also Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau uh, was open to talks and discussions around what they do just to make sure that they remain safe. Yeah, and I think that um, you know uh, over time that's going to subside. The need for that is going to subside. Yes. Um, it certainly did in the past when, um, yeah, what's his name abdicated his throne. But uh, you know, depending on what Megan, of course, does with her acting career, because mm. you know, if she goes back to work there, then she will become a celebrity again. Well, that's right. Yeah. Anyway, we have uh, Hoku Clements. Your will be done.
You're listening to Hoku Clements with Your Will Be Done. This is The Breakfast Show on Faith FM. Joining us in the studio today as guest host is Etienne McClintock, and he is about to give us the next clue for the quiz. What do you got for us there, Okay, Etienne? now this quiz is about a number, a number that's used in all of these. The first passage was where Hezekiah was celebrating the Passover out of Second Chronicles. So if you know that chapter number, you'd know what the number is we're looking for. Now the second one is an edict was passed. For this number of days, anyone who prayed to any god or man but Darius would be thrown into the lion's den. Okay, so I'm going to write something down here, and you can tell me whether I've got it right or not. Yeah, no, you've got it right. There okay, second clue. Well done. <laughs> All right, so uh, if you know the answer, one 800 is the number to call, or you can uh, text us on 0491-064-669, and a prize will be coming your way. How many days did they have to worship Darius for? We've been studying the book of Daniel lately, so if you've been reading ahead, you will know the answer to this particular question. Anyway, Etienne, in uh, other news from around the world, uh, what uh, country of extremes we live in? Did you get rain over the weekend? We got a little bit of rain, but we seem to be in a little bit of a dry patch. We have our little own little microclimate around there. It rained around really? us. Because I was like, you're on, you're closer to the coast than what I am. I know. It just seems to rain around us. We're on a little, little knoll, a little hill, you know. We're sort of just above the others, and we're close to the lake. But we didn't get a lot of rain. We had a little bit, and it was a good downpour probably for about 20 minutes, half an hour. But I went and looked at the tank. It's not even half full. We've got a 3,000-litre tank. It sort of comes off the garage roof. That's not even half full yet. So we didn't get a lot of rain, unfortunately. And although the lawn has sprung back and there's a little bit of green, there's some patches I just don't think are going to spring back. They're just going to remain oh, this dry. Is interesting. This is interesting. This is what's interesting because we got 30 millimetres. Wow! I know oh yeah, got more than we, we got we got significant rain, and I've got you know because normally when you get rain like that, the grass all turns green. Yeah. Probably about two thirds of my lawn is not turning green. Wow! Because the grass is actually dead. Mm. If you go and look at it closely, you can see grass seeds that have sprouted, but the grass itself ah. is actually dead, okay. and I've never seen that before. And, uh, of course, you know, all of the uh, northern hillsides, um, the north-facing hillsides around our area, the gum trees are all dead Well, from drought. So that's pretty full on. But anyway, of course, uh, you know, from fire to ice, you know, we, were, we, we spent a couple of days talking about, um, you know, the bushfire dramas uh, a couple of weeks, uh, a week or so ago. And now, of course, we have hailstorms right across Australia, the front of... Uh, you know, the lawn in front of Parliament um, House. I just saw a photo. <laughs> looking it like snowed. it has snowed. <laughs> Incredibly so, extreme. 40 degree heat and now we're covered with ice and being smashed. It's, it's You know, when I see things like happening like this, and of course they had hail in Melbourne, Sydney, Canberra, Gold Coast. The panel beaters are going to be uh, busy. very, very yeah. busy with uh, golf ball sized hailstones in some areas. The CSIRO, they got all of their hothouses just got completely smashed. Um, and, you know, when I see the, the the crazy stuff going on in our weather and, you know, we go from bushfires to ice falling, and, of course, it's not unusual to have, you know, hail at this time of year, but it certainly does uh, remind me that, you know, these are all signs of the times. You know, the Bible says wars and rumors of wars and, and pestilences and earthquakes and, you know, various events taking place in various places, the, the earth itself growing old or becoming worn out like yeah. a worn out piece of clothing you know yeah. it's it's kind of in tatters and it's got holes all through it it's a pretty good description of what the world will be like at the end of time 
Exactly. It's, I mean, even the Bible in Romans chapter 8 talks about the, the, the world groaning. Yes, yeah, groaning. We can see the groaning taking Nature groaning. And, of course, science uh, tries to explain all this. But I think there's two elements. I mean, God told us about his spirit that he'd never depart from the church. He's with us always until the end of the earth. But I believe that the spirit of God slowly but surely is withdrawing as people are rejecting the voice of the spirit and rebelling is becoming more prominent and rebellions even being legislated. Mm-hmm. So I think what happens is as God's spirit withdraws, what happens is there's more influence that Satan and his evil forces can have on weather elements as well. I and this is, the, this is the importance of uh, you know, things like intercessory prayer, for example. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Look, I think this gives God ele- gives God that opportunity to work where He's not going to be accused of meddling, and of course, less people that are praying, then more opportunity for Satan to work. Hmm. Well, we know that Satan worked through the elements when he actually caused the death of Job's sons. He was able to work with with the wind and the, the forces there and, and the whirlwind. After God had withdrawn His protection over Job in that regard. So I think it's a very similar principle that we see here because some people are saying, is this the judgment of God? Now, Israel Folau said, yes, this is the judgment of God. <laughs> I don't know whether that is. I think it's just God. It's a natural response to what the world is doing in regards to walking away from yeah. God. We're becoming more secularly minded. And God's, God's protection is slowly being withdrawn in that regard. But ultimately, prayer, intercessory prayer, and having the Holy Spirit and the gospel having its work done so we can reclaim back people you know, who've been lost. I think that's very important. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, and right along that, the Bible says, you know, uh, there will be, uh, was it famines and wars and pestilences? Uh, pestilences, obviously, I'm quoting from the KJV version, which I memorized, mm. and refers to diseases. And, of course, now we've got the uh, coronavirus outbreak in China wow. taking place yeah. right now. Um, and, of course, the SARS virus, which killed 800 people back in, uh, was it 2002, 2003, uh, was a version of the coronavirus. Yeah, so they're checking all passengers coming in now, aren't they? Oh, yeah. So there's been 300 cases in China already. Um, the outbreak has spread to Thailand, Japan, Taiwan, South Korea, um, from the original city, uh, Wuhan city in China. And, of course, we got three flights a day, three flights a week, I should say, coming from Wuhan city into Sydney. Mm. And so, yeah, airports are on high alert, high alert, I should say. Not high alert. <laughs> Let's hope they're <laughs> well, not. Well, they fly high. <laughs> <laughs> they're on high alert. Uh, and they have tracked it down. They believe that this virus began in a seafood area in Wuhan City and that it has an animal source. Really? One of the things that we just keep promoting here for health reasons is a plant-based diet on the breakfast show. And once again... You can see that uh, it there's a lot less disease that comes mm. from plant based uh, plant based diet. Absolutely. So, matter of fact, not only are you going to be healthy yourself, you're going to have a, a clarity of mind even when it comes to Bible study. It seems like communicable diseases. You know, passing. Yeah, that's mind. right. Absolutely. Yeah. If you don't eat they, that stuff, it can't be passed on. Can it? Yep. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Uh, now that, of course, it has infected human beings, of course, then human beings can spread it from human to human. Yeah. Um, once it once it gets, I think into, the health laws in the Bible are very important because they talk about isolating someone that's sick like that as well. I know, the and these are three and a half thousand years old. <laughs> it's just Brilliant, like isn't it? <laughs> the best. They're doing what we're doing right now. Yeah, but one of the things they're talking about is this one is highly contagious, and they are worried about what they call super spreaders. Oh. And a super spreader is somebody who catches the disease but may not necessarily exhibit symptoms. Symptoms, right. And one of these super spreaders in Wuhan City has infected 14 medical staff in a hospital. 
Incredible. Yeah, so this is a and of really course, how many contagious. People do they all visit as well, those 14 staff? That's well, that's right. And, the, and this is the worry is that if they get one of these super spreaders out into the community and they don't know whether there are yet or not, or one of them actually travels, then, um, you know, it could be very, very dangerous indeed. Of course, there's no vaccine for this. Um, and, you know, you've got 1.4 billion people in China, a lot of whom are about to start traveling for the Lunar New Year Festival. Oh, yes, of course. Um, so they're encouraging people not to uh, not to not to travel where possible. Um, and as you mentioned, you know, here in Australia, our airports are stepping up screening. In Singapore, they have gone as far as if you turn up and you have pneumonia, you're quarantined. If you've come from Wuhan City, you've got 14 days in quarantine before you get into Singapore. Mm. Well, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Two weeks. That's, these guys are dead serious. They're like, this thing is not going to come into. Well, they probably have experience airport. with human nature. I mean, all we think now, it's not going to happen to me. It'll probably happen to someone else, but not me. So I'm, I'm okay to travel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. I, I, I know that if I was in that situation, that's how I would be thinking. I'd be like, yeah, I need to go home right now. I'm not sick. Why can't I get on a plane? Now, how many cases have there been so far? Uh, over 300 in Wuhan City. Wow. Um, exactly how many, I'm not sure, because it is starting to spread around the world. And, of mm. course, we live in an age where you know, travel is just one of those things that we all do so much of that you know, it, uh, it, things, things are bound to spread. Yeah, and it can spread very quickly. Very, I mean, very easily. Within a matter of 10 hours, you can go from one city a long way over to, you know, say, Sydney, for example. Now, that SARS virus, that killed in the, uh, the early 2000s, that killed about just under 800 people from That's memory. right, yeah. Yeah. Yep. A, nasty, a nasty virus indeed. Okay, but once again, all of these things are spoken of in the Bible. They are a sign that Jesus is coming back soon. They can be heavy news and they can be depressing, but we need to take encouragement from it because you know, our world is growing old, human beings are wearing out, um, and you know, viruses, diseases, disasters are taking hold around us. But all of these tell us that, yes, Jesus is coming soon. This is Audrey Sad with Holy, Holy, Holy.
Welcome back, guys. That was Audrey Assad with Holy, Holy, Holy. You're listening to The Breakfast Show and Etienne. Clue number three for our quiz, please. Okay, what so we, we are looking for a number in the Bible. We already looked at Second Chronicles where Hezekiah is celebrating the Passover, and the number from there is which chapter? And then the second one is how many days did they say that Darius had to be worshipped when Daniel was thrown into the lion's den? That's the yes. second clue. The third clue is the law declares that a priest has to be at least this many years old to serve in work in the tent of meeting. So okay. How old would a person have to be before they can actually start serving as a priest? If you know the answer, give us a call, 1-800-324-843, or text us on 0491-064-669. What was the age at which a priest could begin serving in the temple? Give us a call right now, and there will be a copy of Nature's Superfoods coming your way. Simply natural healthy, super healthy uh, cookbook right there. Oh, fantastic. I All right. I that for my wife. Yes. Lots I, of good uh, recipes. I'm starting to throw a few things together. I normally assemble food. I don't cook it, so I'll buy some sort of pre-prepared elements, <laughs> throw them, them, throw sauce over it, and I can have a beautiful gnocchi. But uh, I'm not the best chef, but my wife is an excellent chef. I might have to see if I can get a copy of one yeah, of Yeah, I think she would love it. Yeah. I think she would love it. I, uh, I think you're a, 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 step of, a step ahead of me when it comes to cooking, Etienne. Oh, um, no. I, I thought the, I was at the lowest rung already. <laughs> Brother, is there a lower rung than mine? Pull it out of the freezer, put it in the oven, wait 10 minutes, yeah. eat. That's about the, the length of the breadth uh, of my look, cooking. It works. And when I was a single guy, that worked very well for me. Uh-huh. And we didn't die on it. We didn't die. Exactly. I'm not quite sure why, but we didn't die on it. Anyway, um, Etienne, since you were last here on Faith FM, of course, uh, you were working with um, our sister station, 3ABN, radio back then that's right you've now changed jobs i have i was doing some volunteer work for uh, voice of the martyrs which is a non-denominational ministry that actually uh, cares for persecuted christians around the world in restricted and hostile territories restricted countries hostile territories so i volunteered for them and now it's actually swapped i now volunteer a little bit for uh, 3abn but i work full-time for voice of the martyrs that's amazing which allows me to go into many churches quite often i work seven days a week and i'll joke with people and say i hardly get a sabbath i mean on, on sabbaths i'm in the seventh day Adventist church presenting and preaching and on sundays i'm at another church whether it be a baptist church or an anglican church or in a brethren church getting to share about the persecuted church around the world and what surprises me is that most people don't know that persecution is alive and well in many, many countries around the world. And there's a significant growth and increase in hostility towards Christians and the Christian worldview. And this is, you know, I, I guess we've had what's called, you know, the long peace we've in Christianity. Long, yeah. Where we've had really in many ways more than 100 years where, you know, persecution has really eased off. This has been an and we've become used to it. It is, it is an absolute, history. Ab- absolute aberration of history. Yeah, maybe 200, 250 years possibly, you know, where we've had this level of peace. But before that, I mean, people were fleeing Europe, you know, to go to the New World, America, because of persecution there. It's hard to imagine refugees from Europe yeah. <laughs> well, that's because true. of religious persecution. Yeah. But that's exactly what was taking place. Um, and, but what you're saying is that persecution is on the increase again. So we, is, yeah. the, the, the history is starting to cycle because history is cyclical and history is starting to cycle again back round towards persecution. Absolutely. I think we take our freedoms for granted and then we become cultural Christians in many ways, not understanding the real true principles of true godliness and biblical Christianity. Cultural Christianity is quite relaxed 
And I think it just plays into human nature. You know, when things go easy, we tend to go a little bit easy and we forget the importance and the things that people fought for and, and bled and died and lost their lives for the principles, which basically is the, the, the principles of republicanism and Protestantism. So it actually has a political slant to it as well. And I think the American ideal, American constitution is actually probably the best representation of what that looks like. Separation of church and state. And, of course, also the freedom to pursue happiness and peace. And there's a reason for that, because the American Constitution was written as a reaction to the Inquisition. Exactly. They were, they were basically they were looking across the Atlantic, they were watching how the Inquisition functioned, and they asked themselves the question, how do we write something that guarantees that this will never you know, enter our country. And, and yeah. I, I should just clarify when you say republicanism, you're talking about you know, government by the people, for the people, for the people yes. rather than the Republican Party. Correct, correct. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two different things. I wasn't speaking of Donald Trump in particular and the Republican no, Party. Yeah, no, yeah. The, the concept of self-governance. Look, and it's interesting that uh, even those that fled persecution in Europe, when they came to um, America, uh, some of them still persecuted others. I know that the Puritans that came across, for example, oh, yeah. people that didn't look at Christianity the same way they did or didn't observe Christianity were even persecuted by them. Some of them, there was imprisonment, there were fines, there were even floggings that was part of the laws back at that time. And a There guy, was the witch burnings. Yeah, yeah, all of that. I mean, there was some nasty stuff that happened, but somehow America worked through that, remembering the history in Europe, and they were able to set up this constitution that guaranteed freedoms and liberties for all. Now, a guy by the name of Roger Williams at the time was there. He actually was raised as a Church of England person. And he was either at Oxford or Cambridge where he studied, and he became a Puritan. Then he came over to America, and it was the Massachusetts Bay Colony that actually kicked him out for unusual ideas. And the unusual ideas was separation of church and state. <laughs> <laughs> so they kicked him out, and he went to Providence and set up Providence and Rhode Island, which is part of his idea. And all those people who were being persecuted, you know, imprisoned or fined or what, for three things, basically. One was idolatry. The other one was Sabbath-breaking. And the other one was blasphemy. He actually said that no magistrate had the authority to actually legislate in regards to any of those things. They could only legislate on the second table of stone, not the first table. He said the first table of stone was a personal relationship between us and God and that no state, no authority had a right to interpose or intervene between that personal relationship and connection with God. He said, however, the, the government had the right based on the second table of stone, which is our relationship to one another, to protect the freedoms and the liberties of its citizens. That was the only place he could legislate. And Israel, when Paul even starts talking about governments now in Romans chapter 13, for example, you'll see that when he connects the law of God with it, he never connects the first table of stone. He doesn't connect uh, no other gods before me, no graven images, uh, no blasphemy, and uh, or, you know, reverence God's name, or even Sabbath. But he does quote the second table of stone, the last six, our relationship to one another, and then says, love is the fulfilling of the law. So he has a clear separation in his mind. You never see the connection yes. between government. And we know that a theocracy was something that God set up under Moses. But then uh, during the time of King Zedekiah, the last king, that was actually taken away where God says there in Ezekiel, overturn, 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 overturn until he comes as right at his and I will give it to him. And even under the theocracy, yeah. uh, the king could not serve in the temple. You know, it's a very, very clear separation right there because yeah. you know, King Uzziah, who was struck with leprosy because he's like, yeah, I'm king, I'll go into the temple. He's like, no, that's where the priests go. Mm. He's like, but I'm king, I can do whatever I want. No, there was a separation between church and state and there was you know, what the priests did and there was what the king did and they were two separate things. And of course, uh, the big fall of Saul actually happened where he wanted to go and uh, sacrifice and he wasn't waiting for Samuel to show up. And they made a big mistake. That was actually one of the pivotal mo movements or moments in his career as king over Israel, the first mm. king. 
Mm. Okay, so we've got lots of countries in the world where there is no separation of church and state. Are these the countries where we face the worst persecution? Uh, yes, there is. Well, it depends. There are five uh, zones of persecution around the world. First is communism, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a separation of church and state, so to speak, because they don't acknowledge uh, a, a church to control the state. The state actually controls the church. It's the other way around. It's actually upside down. However, there is a level of emperor worship. If you go to North Korea, for example, King Jong-un right, is revered. This is the supreme emperor. And when I've spoken to people and interviewed people who come from their country, they ask, ask, are there any religion? No, no religion whatsoever. I said, but what about the emperor? Is he revered? Is he worshipped? Oh, yes. But isn't that religion? Oh, no, no, no. And apparently there's a song, you know, we sing it in church, How Great Thou Art. They sing that to his father. So sometimes these people come into a Christian church and they sing the hymn, How Great Thou Art. And they go, why are you singing this communist song? This is singing for King Yong Song or whatever his, his father's name is. <laughs> so there's a level of reverence there that they show their leaders, which is really nothing short of worship. What about Xi Jinping in China? Is that is, is is he creating a cult of emperor worship? I'm not sure. He, he he's probably in the process of doing it. If you look at all the you know historical markers that may he could be heading in that way because of course now he's he's there for life. Mm. So he's already changed the laws and the constitution in that regard. But what they're doing, they're clamping down on Christianity. They're arresting people. There's two components. There's the underground church in China, and then there's the official church, the Free Self Patriotic Movement. Now, the Free Self Patriotic Movement is actually sponsored by the communists, mm-hmm. but they determine who can get uh, baptized, who can receive a Bible. They determine who will become the leaders within the church, who can go and study at their uh, theological seminaries, which they actually have set up. They control all of that. They also control what happens at the beginning. You've got to sing patriotic songs first when you start your worship service. They've taken crosses of churches. They've taken uh, memory texts and Bible texts off the walls of churches on the inside, and they put uh, communist slogans in there. And if you do have a cross inside the church, normally they'll have a photo of Chairman Mao on the inside and President Xi Jinping on the other side. So what happens is you cannot preach supernatural things. You can preach a social gospel. You can preach about loving your neighbor as yourself. They're happy with that because that, of course, brings harmony within community. But when you say that Christ is king and Christ is supreme or that there was a resurrection, that there's something supernatural, that Christ is coming, you cannot preach any of those things. So hence the reason why most of the people actually don't belong to the free self-patriotic movement because the gospel is compromised. They cannot actually teach what the Bible teaches to its fullest. Is it, a, is it a propaganda tool? Pretty much. I'm talking about propaganda, did you know that the Chinese actually have the biggest printing press of Bibles in the world? Amity Press prints more Bibles than any other printing press around the world. You can order 100,000 Bibles. You can order a million Bibles. I mean, I think it was last year or the year before they celebrated 200 million Bibles being printed by Amity Press. But do you think any of the Chinese people can get their hands on one of those Bibles? So they'll use it and say, no, we're Christian friendly. Look, we have an official church. But they control everything. The communists who do not believe in God, who do not believe in the resurrection of Christ, who don't believe in a heaven or a hell, these are the people that control the church. Well, this is interesting because uh, my particular series of Bible studies, and uh, you can get a copy by giving us a call here. We can sign you up for it, 1-800-324-843, which is called The Prophetic Code. Just a little bit of a little bit of a shameless plug right there. I get no financial support from it whatsoever at all. But uh, it's The Prophetic Code, we were having those printed in China when they're now no longer able to do so because of the religious content in it. Mm. And quite often you'll see some things are regional. So some of the provinces in China there have really cramped down a lot. The Henan province, for example, a Sichuan province, there's been a lot of difficulties. But in some other pockets, sometimes you can actually have a little reprieve because Doug Batchelor has just recently been in there and ran a 10-day program. 
but they prayed a lot. A lot of time was dedicated to prayer, and they had to uh, fill out like five applications and get missions from five different zones to, to, to do this. So that's a rarity, but it does occasionally happen, but it's through because of prayer. Now, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, now, around the world, I just want to give you the statistics. Now, the problem with statistics is whenever you stare at a statistic, it just remains a statistic. I think it was Stalin that said, you know, when a million people are killed, it's a statistic. When one person is killed, it's a tragedy. So I'm giving you statistics, and quite often they just wash over our head because of the size of them. But Open Doors, who tracks persecution around the world annually, has just come out with their latest report in the last few days. And they're now saying there's 260 million persecutions that took place in 2019 260 million 260 million 260 million now that's up 15 million on the year before which was 245 million right so we we we, we, we're talking about big numbers here and the year before that it was 215 million so i thought hopefully there might be a bit of a reprieve and it'll go the other way but it hasn't it's increased it's kept on going and we see this hostility not only in the world, you know, other parts of the world, but also in the free world, you know, Western countries where we have a liberal democracy. Even here in Australia, I mean, we have people now having to be defended for their rights on campus, for their uh, religious rights even in the workplace. The big, the big one that hit the, the headlines because of his profile, I guess, as a rugby player, is Israel Folau. Now, whether you agree exactly with how he said it and what he said, but he's right to say it, 30, 40 years wouldn't have been questioned. But the world has changed dramatically. And there's a text in the Bible. I think it's... Sorry, yeah, I was just going to say, it does, it does make you question whether this is a liberal democracy or an illiberal democracy. I think uh, we're heading towards illiberal democracies. Yeah, right? I think so. I think so. I think that's a fair call. Sorry, you're going to quote a Bible verse. I keep butting in here. No, no, that's all right. The so Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, that uh, the Apostle Paul says, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Has there been an increase in godliness in the West? When no. I look at the West, I say, no, I see churches closing down. I mean, if you go to Europe, a lot of them have been turned into mosques. I've been in the inner suburbs of Sydney as well. And what used to be churches, these old beautiful buildings are now cafes or they are uh, art galleries or there's something else. There's been a decline. And even if you look at the census statistics, the data here for Australia, the 2016 census, there were only 52% of the population that claimed to be Christian. Now, there's good news. One in two claims to be Christian that you bump into in the street, so that's that's positive. But we're talking about cultural Christianity. It doesn't really necessarily mean that they are connected with God or have a relationship with him. However, the bad, the bad news is in 2011, the statistics said that there was about 60% that claimed. So there's been an 8% decline in five years. Our next census is next year. That will give us some more numbers, and I believe that decline will continue. So godliness is increasing christianity is declining but now we're seeing a growing animosity but this is a little bit of a wake-up call for the church i think yeah it is indeed um and the work that you're doing there at voice of the martyrs looking at you know the, the role of persecution around the world incredibly important work ah i think we have to get you back on to talk more about it sometime Etienne. it's so much uh, such a big subject but right now we do have to move to our next song lauren Dable. where are you now when darkness to win Where are you now When the world is crumbling Oh I I I hear you say I hear you say Look up child
Jesus Look full in His wonderful face And the things of earth will grow strangely dim In the light of His glory and grace Oh, to Jesus I surrender to Him I freely give I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily His glory and grace.